guys, this is Craig Kier Hostetler, and I want to welcome you to the Black Sheep Experience. Um, thank you so much, man, for hanging out with me on the podcast. I really deeply, sincerely appreciate your presence here. I, I do, and so thank you so much, man, for spending your time here uh, on the podcast. I have a what I think is a really great conversation coming your way between myself and Anita Grace Brown. Now, Anita is the author of a book called Kamikaze Yogi. Uh, It it is an absolutely fantastic book. Uh, What's interesting is a listener of the podcast kind of referred me to Anita Grace Brown and you know, um, I found her content to be really interesting, but I, I, I just wasn't sure, you know. Um, but once I got the book in my hands, it is an absolutely fantastic book. And I really think that it is a must read for those of you that listen to this podcast. You know, um, for those of you that still have your faith deeply rooted in Christ even um, still somewhat involved in an evangelical setting, this book is absolutely fantastic. It, it is a book that is safe. It is a book that is uh, dangerous. It's a book that's challenging. It's a book that will deeply confirm for, for some of you what you already so deeply believe And it will also expand you beyond the boundaries um, that others have set for you, right? And so, yeah, I I was really honestly deeply moved by this book. And I can't say enough good about it. And so then when Anita and I begin to talk, and you'll hear that within the podcast... I just found her to be fascinating. I, I found her to be a person that is deeply rooted in her faith in Christ and at the same time very expansive. And so the conversation I think is is um, I, I think it's really healthy, you know, and I think you're really gonna enjoy it. And so I'm honored to bring it to you. You know, there are several podcasts within the library of the Black Sheep Experience that really mean a lot to me and this is one of those i think that it provides and i think anita does this really well she provides a really safe place for those of us who have been deeply rooted in christianity and have also had the insatiable desire to expand I think that Anita provides a really safe space um, to explore that. And so I love this conversation, and I think that you're going to love it too. Uh, Before we jump into that, real quick, let me say this. If you don't follow the Black Sheep Experience on Facebook, Instagram, and even Twitter, although I'm not... I'm not super involved on Twitter. Man, it's just so toxic over there. Uh, So I I don't get there much. But Instagram, baby, I'm on fire over there. (laughs) So I would really love for you to follow the Black Sheep Experience on on, uh, one of those social media platforms. Send me a direct message. Uh, comment on a post whatever just let me know that uh, that you're there I always love uh, I, yeah I love knowing that you're there so all right man let's jump into the conversation with Anita Grace Brown as we talk about her fantastic book Kamikaze Hey guys, this is Craig Hostetler, and I want to welcome you to the Black Sheep Experience. Uh, thank you for hanging out with me on the podcast today. So I have a a, a great guest uh, today, um, Anita Grace Brown. Anita, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for hanging out with me. Good morning, Craig. Thank you. Yeah. So um, 
You know, I uh, I don't know a lot about your story, but I I, I have stumbled across your book, uh, Kamikaze Yogi: Christ, Yoga, and the Courage to Emerge. Um, and I have to tell you, it's a it's an incredible book. It's uh, it's expansive and it is um, intriguing uh, and it's bold and daring. But I'm, I'm curious. Certainly, did you come from an, an evangelical background? No. So I came from a Methodist background, and before that, Catholic growing up, but not really very invested in the Catholicism at all. So when I met my husband, we were friends in high school. We started dating at 21. Uh, He was a man of deep faith, and his family were mostly identified as Methodists, and I felt like I had found homes. Wow. Okay. Um, you know, that's, I, I find that interesting, um, but also where you're at now, certainly there's a lot of room within your faith for different ideas. So how did you get to the place? And I know that, you know, this is like a little bit of a loaded question, but how did you get to the place where your faith became so expanded? Um, and we'll talk a bit about the book in just a moment, but from where you were to where you are now, there must have been quite a process. Mm, yeah, about uh, 17 years. <laughs> so I discovered yoga um, when I was trying to get pregnant. I was about 30, and we were experiencing really depressing infertility and about to give up. And someone said, why don't you try yoga? And the only yoga at that time, so now we're talking 25 years ago, um, was at the high school and adult program. And I remember relaxing and thinking that the teacher seemed really young beyond her year. She was probably 60 and she seemed like a 40 year old. And um, that was my first experience of yoga. And then we were miraculously able to start a family, have a family, and I didn't practice again for probably eight years and began to see that yoga was popping up in gyms and a local studio. And on my mat, I met a teacher who said something so profound, which is in the book. After this hour, hour and a half, I hope you leave here and three things have happened. You feel like you've gone to the therapist, the gym, and church. And that was so inviting and so true and so confusing because I didn't know anyone who wasn't a Christian. Mm -hmm. Either you were an atheist or you were a Christian. That was how small my world was. And so I would just go to her classes and have her lead me into these places. And I would just say to her, but what are you? Yeah, And so that was the beginning of the deconstruction of my little tiny Methodist world. And yeah, went through a lot of phases where my husband didn't think I was a Christian anymore and was really nervous. And I just kept discovering more and more and, and willing to just trust this winding path. Yeah, so this um, was something that really spoke to you and and meant a great deal to you. And you somehow, over the period of time, you learned to kind of integrate this practice with your Christian faith, which I think is really interesting. I think it's also really, I think it's really healthy. That's not always an easy thing to do. Sometimes there's a lot of internal struggle with that. So I'm always curious... (laughs) Uh, how did you bridge or work through the struggle of combining these things that that some people may have said, you know, can't go together? Yeah. So the framework of Jesus and his dying to the world uh, became my framework. And I would just trust that he would reveal the next connection, the next mystery, the next person, and I would have to be patient, and I would have to just sit in that um, in-between space, this 
here we are talking on Holy Saturday, this in-between space. And um, in time, I would meet someone. So what comes to mind now is I was interested in taking a course, a master's level holistic spirituality course. I had never taken anything like that in my life. I was a banker. I was a substitute teacher, stay-at-home mom, and salesperson. Other than that, nothing spiritual or religious. And I found myself at this evening course surrounded by 12 women who were becoming chaplains. And I said to the nun who was teaching us, I'm just here to audit. I paid my $2,000 and I'm not going to take the tests and I'm not going to write the papers. <laughs> Imagine such a like arrogance. And she, because I didn't believe in myself, I didn't believe I had any capacity for those things. And she just very sweetly smiled and she said, oh, dear Anita, you will, you will take the test and you will take the paper. <laughs> And in that class, I met a woman who had been teaching yoga for 20 years, and she was a Christian and becoming a chaplain, and she seemed to invite me to East Meets West, and she told me I should read Jesus in the Lotus, and that was a big turning point for me, and I was like, okay, God, am I becoming like this author where I live in these two worlds of Hinduism, yoga, and Christianity? And the answer was, no, absolutely not. <laughs> you are going deeper into the Christian tradition, and you will find a way. Wow. Um, yeah, that brings me to something uh, um, early on. Um, so your book, uh, Kamikaze Yoga, Christ Yoga, and the Courage to Emerge, um, there's a there's a great um, beginning statement in here, and it says Kamikaze Yoga is an invitation to an embodied east east meets west path to awakening. Ultimately, as west, you will get to know east through what is unfamiliar, provocative, and often weird. All right, so let's talk about east meets west. Uh, what what is that in your mind, or you know, open that up a little bit for me. So I think um, Easter, East is right in it. <laughs> right. And so there's a wholeness in being human that many Christians are afraid of. And that involves the Holy Spirit. I think most Christians that I come across are not led by the Holy Spirit. They don't trust the wildness of that mystery. And I think that's the invitation. Within your own tradition, how are you avoiding what the Holy Spirit is calling you to let go of, explore, experience? I think that's a safe way for Christians to understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But the two mindsets are different, right? The the Eastern mindset and the Western mindset, they, they have a, a little bit, I guess, a, their, their approach on life and on God, it's a different structure or, or different way of viewing, isn't it, a little bit? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, for sure, for sure. And how can the two sides of one coin live together? And you can talk about that in, you know, a multitude of ways. How can uh, a husband and wife live together? Um, the masculine and the feminine, so opposite in so many ways, and yet these poles uh, produce love and children and it's the same way with our own personhood uh that within us we have our subconscious mind um and most people are afraid of it most people are afraid to dive deep and that's something you talked about when i listened to your most recent podcast Mm -hmm. why are why are we afraid so i think these disciplines of working with the nervous system um as we regulate, as we attune, those are some terms that people can explore, you know, in discovering how they're wired, their brain, their spine. Um, when you find that peace on your yoga mat, you find that you're much more courageous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, uh, uh, and I, I don't have the answer to this, but in some ways, the because I'm, I'm Western in my thinking, um, predominantly, it's a little more 
it's a little bit of a of a of a rigid mindset, I think. And East is probably a little more expansive. And not that there isn't room for both of those, but am I somewhere in the neighborhood with that statement? Yeah, I think that's true. And I think that describes where my husband and I are right now. Um, he's still very much West in his faith. Um, <clears throat> and we're called to, you know, respect others and, and meet that. That's the beautiful challenge is to bring grace, expansive grace <laughs> into our relationships. So mm-hmm. we've been together for 34 years and people are astounded at how different we are and how beautiful our marriage is. Yeah, at some point, I think to to expand or to experience and, or, and to grow and to really become attuned, uh, um, and this isn't, um, it has nothing to do with, you know, your, the, the faith of your husband because I don't know him, but the uh, the a little bit of the rigidity and some and certainly the fear i know that the fear is if you've heard much, many of my podcasts fear has been a a very um powerful in a negative way but but a potent and, and influential anyway part of my faith and for me to expand at some point i had to not be afraid anymore and i don't yeah. mean i don't mean that i didn't respect the great i am i did, don't mean that but i had to uh, not be afraid of God. Does that make sense? Of course. I'm so happy that you moved through that. Not easy, um, honestly, because it was a it's a huge part. Uh, I was Baptist, uh, you know, very strong Southern Baptist here, and then got into Pentecostalism and and was ordained in that. And um, you know, fear is a huge part of that. Uh, and so, being afraid that I was going to piss God off was. Um, well, still is sometimes, you know, just mm. unbelievable, you know, how much influence it plays. That makes me really sad how many people are out there like you right now. Um, when God and Jesus are so beautiful and merciful and love-filled and uh, there's, there's nothing to be afraid of in terms of God. I think that the psyche hides those demons within the subconscious mind and i try to in the book tell people that with jesus we are meant to meet many of them but would i ever recommend that people just go exploring in that darkness without him no that sounds dangerous because each one of our psyches does contain complicated spirits and energies and i don't want people to mess around with that Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I did find, I honestly thought the book, and I'm, I want to go through it because for those of you listening, um, there are portions of the book that are somewhat written almost in a workbook type manner where you can journal and, um, you know, you can circle different things that apply to your physical, but, and I'll get to that in just a moment, but something that I read was, that I thought was really interesting to me, um, and I'm going to read just a section of it here. It's on page 73 and 74. And it says, um, Remember a song with the lyrics, I talk to the trees, but they don't listen to me. Well, that is what we've been led to believe, but it's not true. The whole world is listening with an energetic ear, feeling the vibrations. Be childlike and engage. You know who else talked to the trees? Mystic author, philosopher, and civil rights leader Howard Thurman. And then you've got a quote from Nikolai Tesla, which I'll finish with. Um, if you want to find the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. Now, one of the interesting things uh, to me about that particular section of your book is throughout my entire life as a child and even to this day, um, trees, plants, things like that, they've almost had their own personality to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and not that they spoke in an audible way, but but almost in a way that was still uh, vibrational, uh, where they could express love, compassion, concern, or, or even feel the energy of each plant as if it was its own individual. Uh, so when I read this, I thought this was a little bit riveting for me. Mm. Uh, can, can you expand on just that those few words there and, and what you what that means truly? So a couple things come to mind is Richard Rohr's work with the universal Christ. 
Mm -hmm. And that idea that the Christ is all in all. And when we say all, we really mean all. So that's where the science comes in. So I was walking last week and I had this intuitive knowing about mind, body, spirit and how the body, the physical, the matter of us and how that vibrates slowly. That's why we can see it and how then the mind, it's so difficult to sit and meditate initially as beginners because the mind is filled with so much unprocessed energy that we feel crazy, we feel overwhelmed by it, we don't want to do it, it's a discipline that feels impossible. And so mind, another frequency. And then spirit, I um, intuited that that was the fastest and the most challenging of all to you can't capture it it's almost like you know uh, a bird you just are this person who every day says you know i trust the holy spirit i'm open to the holy spirit and then you the holy spirit can come in a multitude of ways to inspire and inform us so i felt like that was a holy spirited message about the christ truth that jesus had mind body spirit unity and has it in each of us and we are challenged to meet that to to trust no self-rejection um all curiosity all you know openness and that these three energies in us are dancing and they're trying to find a harmony and they're expressing themselves in three separate ways, almost like three different instruments or three different sounds. And then when they really work together, so the practice of yoga is yoking these three parts of us. Um, that's one way to describe mm -hmm. um, in, in answer to your question about this uh, feeling of connection to nature. When they're all working together, we're connected to, to everything. And it's so beautiful and so affirming. Mm -hmm. You know, I um, I think it was um, Buddha and Christ as brothers. I think it was that book, but I, I can't be certain. But uh, the author said, when we really feel the air, you know, when we really feel it with all of our senses, it's then that we can connect with the air's own ground of being, which uh, is a... Is a a reference to God, and so I, I do think that sometimes God is—I uh, I, at least I like to think so—that that God is that I don't know that that ominous presence that that you feel sometimes in a in a, a, a warm breeze or um, that sensation of not being alone as the sun really warms your skin, you know. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. so I do think that God is expansive in that we can experience him and i don't mean to be degrading but we can experience him through more than just the bible oh you know, yeah you know what i'm saying yes of course and i think of saying god is being itself so there's nowhere we can go that being is not and infusing all the <laughs> nature and all the people around us yeah the yeah. word <laughs> was made flesh so the word is a person and we as people are connecting um to god as a person to person yeah i think and and some people don't like this and that's okay but i i think <laughs> i think the bible sometimes gets elevated to a place that it was not intended to be and it disables some from the ability of really experiencing God in a mystical, uh, a, a, a inspirational, and even a more real way. Because sometimes we want to find Him in those words, and, and that's that's okay. I'm not saying uh -huh. that it's not okay, but uh -huh. oftentimes we limit. It's like, well, you know, uh, feeling God in, in the summer breeze that that's not in the Bible. Well, so what? That, you know what I mean? And, and you know what? I bet it is. I bet it's in there. <laughs> right, somehow. I, think, I right. think every human experience is in there in some form or another. I could agree with that, probably. So let's talk about, let's see here. I had a pretty controversial, okay. 
Let's talk something. Let's let's get a little more uh, bold and daring here. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but I know you, you can handle this. All right. So this is the um, on page one forty nine. This is the sacral chakra story, and I don't want to let you go without talking about the chakras too. So. Um, Let's see here. I was, I'm going to read from your book again. I was made in earnest, fascinated by the body, by death and sex and elimination. I spent too much time wishing I were funnier or could stay in the shallows longer, but I'll never forget that moment at a sexual being workshop. A young, gorgeous woman, pregnant and glowing, was asked to describe what she was passionate about in a few words. Fucking and shitting, she replied, and my jaw dropped. My mouth hung wide open. <laughs> and so you go on to talk about the importance of uh, this chakra, and and um, you talk about Mar uh, Mary Oliver as well, um, and what it means to love our lives. So um, I let's talk about that. Tell me the the. Well, what are we trying to express here? I think that all of the physical uh, is pointing to the spiritual all of the time. So when we're really present, when we're really in our bodies and we're on the toilet, we might hear from the spirit about how the body is representing ways that we're not letting go. So I talk about my constipation, lifelong struggle with that. That ended up representing letting go of teenage trauma of having been abused and so i i make the connection to jesus in that as the logos the logic of my life he wants to reveal to me the ways that my body and things ordinary things like eating and elimination and sex will help reveal more about blocks to my own wholeness and my own joy so I think in that experience with that woman, I had that aha moment of, oh my gosh, this this physical <laughs> just points to so much. It's so rich and it's so good. And it's part of our shadows that we don't really talk about enough, especially in the church, mm -hmm. um, the body and sexuality and in safe places, I think when we discern where to talk about these things, we connect with others and we heal from shame is the best part. Yeah, so something that, um, and I think I may have said something to you last night about it, and I, oh, I think it was the root chakra. Yeah, so here's what I find, found really interesting. So I'll pick your brain here just a bit. Um, you say, throughout my life, I had issues with my bowels, and it was clear um, that um, some different procedures that you'd gone through had created a uh, root chakra break. Now, what I found really interesting about that and somewhat riveting for me is so all of my life, I have had digestive issues as well. Um, and... Um, I mean, it's just, you know, I can eat something and you never know what it is. It's just going to cause major problems. Yeah. And so the the initial thing is, okay, we got to get this checked out. And I have had every test that you could possibly have done, done from celiac disease to colonoscopies. Yep. There is nothing physically wrong. Mm -hmm. So as I was reading that, I thought, wow, it makes me really want to explore what we or what has been called and labeled the chakra system um and so that's a that's an important part of our being you you would agree with that i think the chakras the energy centers yes yeah absolutely absolutely so when i was feeling called to yoga teacher training i assumed that i was going to go learn from that teacher i talked about in the beginning of the podcast she was my neighborhood teacher and loved her dearly but i didn't go to her and I couldn't understand why I was being called to these two strangers and um, come to find out they taught from the energetic chakra perspective for seven months. I was um, just focused on this other type of yoga that I wasn't getting at my home studio. She was more of a storyteller from the Bhagavad Gita, which is the Bible of the Hinduism and yoga and 
I, I knew I wasn't called to really work with the Bhagavad Gita. And during those seven months, I came to realize in my body that being abandoned at birth by my father and then having my reality denied my entire life. I didn't find out who my father was until I was 38 years old and I didn't meet him until I was 50. So that impacts your root chakra and that impacts everything because that's the that's the base that's the the root of the tree the tree of life can't bear fruit until that is reconnected to father god and and healed so beginning to understand how in my body these breaks these disconnects and these um how the wiring just gets all mangled from things that happen to us and from our ancestors um, that began to sh- I began to realize that these suffer physical sufferings uh, if I just would follow like the what feels alive and charming like instead of a wild goose chase you can trust that where you're being led is going to continue to piece together the puzzle so as you keep you know on top of your curiosity like you just described and then you do the do the practices, actually do the yoga, and then uh, listen in your meditation. You'll 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 be guided. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, and this may be a tough question to answer, but for someone that really wants to experience, I have a lot of. I think I don't know if I'd call them post-Christian, but certainly people that are that are struggling with. I don't want to say leaving their faith, but leaving some of their fear anyway. Um, for those kind of people that really want to explore the chakra systems, really want to explore yoga in a way that maybe they need to feel a little bit safe with it. I know you can't do that entirely, but what are some good ways for people to do that? With me, I have a podcast with 100 episodes. It's called It's 5 O'Clock Somewhere. I made those over the course of three years before I began to write the book, and they're Holy Spirit inspired. And so over these years, I've gotten feedback from... Uh, There's 25,000 downloads of people telling me that they did feel safe with me and that my voice and my message, and I teach very basic on those because you're not seeing me. They're podcasts. It's just voice Mm -hmm. because I did feel called to invite people to explore the shapes intuitively. Everything is looking outside. You're looking at a YouTube video. You're looking at a teacher. And so... um, doing it that way you're really beginning to tap in what is happening mind body spirit connection within me what's what's god trying to show me okay yeah i'm glad you brought that up because i i actually subscribed to that um late last night so uh, i'm looking forward to kind of diving in and going through some of that it's hard whenever you your faith system has been somewhat um um, fueled by fear because you're always you want to try new things and I highly encourage that and I've definitely gone out on the deep end at this point in my life but I think that a lot of people want to feel like they have a safe place to do that um, yeah. and your podcast uh, uh, it's five o'clock somewhere seems to um, provide that space yeah and I think then when they read the book they can see that I have you know continued to grow and to explore which is fun I mean we want to have a good time we want to be able to enjoy God and our lives and these conversations and we don't want to be filled with all that anxiety anymore yes um, that brings me to another section of your of your book, and I really can't encourage enough that um, this book is amazing. I love this book. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's really good, and uh, so I'll be t- I'll I'll be honest with you here. <laughs> Please. Uh, so, um, in the beginning, when we connected, I thought, well, this will be cool, uh, you know, and and uh, we'll we'll see, you know, what it's like, and I. And I, I knew a little bit about you, but not a lot, right? And and so then I got the book, and I'm like, well, I probably need to go through this. <laughs> and I just started, I'm like, wow, I'm really underlining a lot of stuff in this book. <laughs> it's really good. 
You know what, coming from a man, that means so much, Craig, because I've had a lot of feedback from women and only like three or four men. And so that really is encouraging because you know what, when, um, so we have a mutual friend, my publisher, Alexander Shia, when we were picking the cover photo, he said to me, um, you want to attract men and women. You don't just want women readers because women are the ones mostly doing the yoga and have that mindset, oh, yoga's for me. And men are thinking, well, it's not for me. I'm stiff and tight. And he said, do you want this image, which is a beautiful woman, like she's a tree and she's um, flying through the air, through the sky. And he said, do you want it to be an androgynous figure so that men are more attracted to it? And I, I actually almost said yes. And then I prayed about it. And I heard in my spirit, she is a woman. <laughs> she is Sophia. She is the body of every human and the soul of every human. So I think what you're saying is really beautiful because it really does invite men into a different, back to, we started this conversation, East meets West, right? And men see themselves a certain way and they operate here in the Western world in a certain way. And to really ask the question, am I connected to my soul? You know, is my soul feminine? Did Jesus have a feminine soul? As Richard Rohr says, it's beautiful questions. Yeah, you know, so it is it is interesting um, because I, I think there's some blowback um, on what we might call toxic masculinity. And I understand that, that that exists. But at the same time, men need their masculinity. Yes, they do. Uh, you know, I have, I have, um, we have two Huskies here in the house. And they have their own energy, which is extremely high. And that energy needs to be exhausted or it comes out in negative ways. Correct. And so one of the things I I learned for myself is I lift uh, weights. I work out a lot. Well, not a lot, Mm -hmm. but I work out every day. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's because there's that masculine energy that needs to be exhausted in some way. And, And I'm sure that that would be true of the feminine as well. And and I know a lot of times we don't want to put hard labels, masculine and feminine, but I think that they can coexist. And I think that they both are necessary, not only to just exist as male and female, but masculine and feminine in the same individual. Yes. I love that. Yes. I agree with you a hundred percent. And I write that about what I discovered about my body and how my body and soul are one and that my soul loves to be exhausted (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. and so you know it's funny because um 10 years ago well let me let me read a section of the book and then we'll talk about um you may be a christ follower who feels like a foreigner in a world where the where divisiveness over topics is tearing apart governments and churches you might have many friends who have given up on god and are seeking spiritual enrichment in yoga studios and through buddhist meditative practices I'm here to bear witness to the rich necessity of East meeting West. We can trust the guidance of the one leading us to try new things. Will you allow God to be as original with others as, capital S, she is with you? Um, Now, the reason why, there's a lot of reasons why I loved it, but one of the reasons why I loved it is because... um, for so long, we have embodied God as male only, and the reality is God is everything, in everything, covers everything. So he's the bee, he's the pollen, he's the flower, all things through him, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so I love that, and I, I think that celebrating the two polars or, or, or points masculine and feminine in the same god i think those are a necessary step that we that we kind of have to embrace i agree and i think we have that in the trinity in our tradition we just haven't uh consistently looked for the feminine in the trinity and i think the mystics do a really good job of that and i listened to a jungian podcast uh yesterday and they were talking about the i don't know it's a long story but i found this to be helpful in saying to my husband yesterday the man on the podcast said um when 
I feel like this is really involved and I'm trying to keep it simple. But he was envisioning when you're working on a farm and you're milking the cows, you're the person milking the cows. And the woman on the podcast said, you're missing it. Imagine for a second that you're the teat. And he said, oh my gosh, I feel that in my body. And I burst into tears because I saw Jesus on the cross. I saw that he's trying to show us every human is being squeezed. We're, we're being asked to empty of what? Fear, of anxiety. And it's painful. Mm-hmm. And we resist it because we don't want to be that heat. But that is the feminine. So I was saying to my husband with this kind of conviction yesterday, can you see how by looking at Jesus on the cross, what women have put up with through childbirth, through our lament, through our tears. I mean, I literally sometimes days on end cry and cry for the pain in the world, the grief that I see in my friends and family. And I pour out, I get squeezed and it's hard, it's hard work. And because we've had this masculine face of God, we've missed what women, how we've displayed the Christ. And in that little story, I just saw his eyes be like, never thought about that before Mm. it is hard you know um i think you know one of the one of the things that i find you doing in in the book and you you may you may not agree with it and, and you may not have been doing it intentionally but it works for a westernized mindset is um and i mean this in the most positive way possible reframing god um in a way that is loving, expansive, interesting, introspective, um, with definition and also without definition. And I found that to be really helpful for me as I was reading it, even though it was an inter- it's an internal knowing that I already have. It's a okay. conscious knowing that I already have, but it's a subconscious root that I'm still uh, shaping. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Yeah, because I just kept coming back to Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> but I had to keep letting go of all these other things from patriarchy and from toxic masculinity. Yeah, so that's what we're squeezing out, too. Not just fear, but beliefs at, that just aren't healthy. Yeah, and I think if you look at Jesus, and I've said this a lot, um, and I don't, I don't think that Jesus dislikes the old testament but i do think that jesus is trying to reframe god within the culture that he existed um in a way that was more consistent with who god is as opposed to who they had had made him to be mm-hmm. and so i think that's oftentimes why why you and this is my own personal opinion uh, but why you see him say you've heard it said but i'm telling you this or um, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. You know, he's reframing the idea of who God is in a culture that has distorted the image of the of the I am. And I think we still have that today in a in a way that's unhealthy. Absolutely, absolutely. So I hope that the book helps people to let go of what's holding them back from more truth and more freedom. How about the idea of not of of being uncomfortable with the unknown you know one of the things which i'm really big on that by the way but one of the things that you say is um looking outward incessantly for validation which we all do and it's a terrible thing but um needing to be right uh, which i do um to be the one in the relationship holding the worldly power comes from an insecure root um, one of the things about God, and, and I think that this is passed down through our westernized theological mindset, is I have to have all the answers. I have to know that I'm right. That's not always possible in this, in this spiritual walk, I don't think. I actually think certainty is a sin. I think certainty keeps us from mystery, and so um, it keeps us from intimacy. Oh, I like that. So, um, how do you traverse these waters then? 
with your body. So I feel like it does come back to me giving that answer consistently. So where the ego and the mind are stuck, the daily practices of embodying child's pose, embodying being on your knees every day and just breathing and feeling small. And then what comes up in that? Oh, I feel powerless. Well, that's where the intimacy is restored in that powerlessness. Yeah. So whenever you talk about in the book, um, turn yourself into your own hero, is that is that what you're talking about? And I don't think this is a bad thing. I think it's a very positive thing. But really reconnecting with you, the created one? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's um, something the church has done really poorly from what I've seen is this um, you can't trust yourself. You can't make yourself too big. And I think you have to be on that pendulum. You have to let yourself grow and, and, and stand up for yourself and say what's right and this is what happened to me and or this is what I need and then you feel that pushback from the world right how dare you and then you come back to center and you then you know take that little swing feeling small feeling insignificant and that's what I find that's how I grow is that um, willingness to push boundaries and push up against how people see me and how I see myself and then I find myself being humbled <laughs> yeah but don't you find that for so many people um, and it could be through abuses it, it could be through things that ideas that were superimposed upon them or just their own insecurities um, I think it's hard for a lot of us to to love ourselves to trust ourselves, to listen to our body. Uh, I mean, that's that's a tough process for a lot of people, I think. It's really tough. And you know what? I've been like living this question for a while now, and I don't really have a good answer, but I, I'll just state what I've been living. So there's an Instagram um, psychologist whose book came out on the same day as mine. It's called How to Do the Work. It became an instant bestseller. So... I don't know whether those people are a lot of Christians or they're mostly spiritual, not religious. Millions of people are doing this work with her. And it's similar to what you and I are talking about in less religious language, more ordinary, everyday, you know, language. Mm -hmm. And if they're not working with Jesus like, like I am, I'll just speak for myself, I don't know what they're coming up against when they meet all those parts i can't love myself there i can't meet myself there i keep rejecting so in my experience that relationship with jesus saves me but i live this question because they're doing the same work and for people that are doing it as spiritual but don't really have a relationship with him i'm not sure what they're doing with all those parts that you just um, are saying it's hard it's hard to love yourself Mm-hmm. So that's kind. Of, what do, What do you think about when I say that? Well, I think that for a lot of people, you know, myself included, um, you. I'm 52, right? So I've done a lot of things right. I've done a lot of things wrong, and through the years, I have certainly developed ideas about myself that are not healthy. You know, and so the idea, and I'm getting better at this, but. Uh, the idea of listening to my own connection to Christ and allowing that to be part of the governing part of my of my existence. Um, now, certainly meditation has helped that quite a lot, but I think for a lot of people that's really scary. They they think to themselves, "But I'm I'm wretched. I'm sinful. I've." I've made all these mistakes. So so we've gone through life, and everybody does this. We've gone through life validating our own sin or, or sinful nature. We've gone through life validating our own ability to screw things up. And we've allowed that validation to create definitions about us. And I do, I do, I, and I've said this already, I love your book. I, I think it's powerful i think it's right on i think that it is uh, holistic in, in in its approach but somewhere along the line we have to heal 
or forgive ourselves, and perhaps that comes through Christ. Um, but we have to understand then that the healing and the and the forgiveness of Christ is complete, past, present, yeah. and future. I think. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's hard, though, I, right? It's really hard. Yeah, it's really hard until it's not. It's it's uh, my time on my mat, my time uh, meditating that I'm asked to remember and repent and to open myself to receive his mercy and grace in a very energetic spiritual sense I get flooded with that and filled mm-hmm. and I have no I have no choice but to be the receiver of what he's always offering so back to like the answer is my body the answer is keep doing the disciplines and keep showing up for myself and know that I'm in him, I'm connected to him and his truths and his, uh, all of that is for me. And, and am I going to accept it? Am I going to open myself to really receive it? Mm. Yeah. So it's a, it is a, it's a complete, um, it's a complete healing approach, mind, body, and spirit. And, and all three of those matter, right? Yeah, they're actually one. We divide them up. We make them three different things, but they're one. So the more we can say, okay, what I'm doing here in the physical, making these shapes and just breathing and moving is impacting in the spiritual. And I can't yet see it, but I know it's true. And then little by little, that connection grows stronger and stronger. And we begin to see how in warrior posture, you're becoming that in child posture your inner child is connected to abba father you're becoming that you already are that but more and more you identify as that oh i like that so you already are that but now you're working through the process of identifying as that Mm, that's embodiment right that's the incarnation how is this really true how do i live from that oh that's good I like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I write about that switch in identity, right? Like I saw myself, just like you said, I saw myself one way, and then all of a sudden I was destabilized. Wait, who who am I? What are you doing here? This feels awful. <laughs> and then suddenly you're like this new connection forms itself, and you're like, oh, that was there all along. I was just blind to it. Yeah, yeah. I and you know, you talk about accessing your own power and. Yeah, it's there. It's been there all along. It's been there the whole time, um, and um, but once you begin to identify with it, recognize it, accept it, this is me. You know, uh, that's when you begin to feel free. And it's funny because as you heal yourself, um, in a lot of ways, you're healing the world around you. Absolutely. Yeah, your heart centeredness. You start to feel how you're living from that. And when you get to the heart chakra chapter, I call that the marriage right there in the heart is the union of human, divine, masculine, feminine. All the poles, polar opposites that we can name are happening right there in the heart chakra. And then when that heart really heals and blossoms, and that comes from the secure root. So I'll add that right there. The heart is not going to completely open and be that vulnerable unless you feel safe and grounded and stabilized. And that's in your nervous system. Yeah, you have to work through them. Um, I don't know if it, it, in order, but you they all need the proper amount of attention, don't they? Yes, and the practices do that holistically. You can just trust, do your daily practices, and, and the chakras are becoming aligned intelligently. Yes. You don't have to worry, you don't have to worry about it. Just do just do the shapes. <laughs> so so if somebody was getting ready to engage in this and kind of dive in, what and I know your practice probably looks different now than when you first started, but what kind of what kind of t- daily time are we talking about investing here? It depends on um, 
a lot of people love to go to the studios. So I would say, you know, the young people listening, they're probably already going to the studios. You know, they're going to start opening or they're opening now wherever you live mm-hmm. and practicing in a big class. That energy is really powerful. Just like going to church, you know, like singing together. It's so beautiful. Practicing yoga together is really beautiful. Um, but on your own at home, it just is person by person. People that are listening that, you know, are overweight or over 65, they're probably going to do a lot of chair yoga. But I've met dozens of people that say just learning how to breathe deeply and properly brings more vitality, brings more presence. Yeah, I had um, uh, AJ from My Seven Chakras on a, a while back, and we talked about breathing. Um, and at first you're like, well, it's, it's just breathing. But it, the more you look into it, that is a really powerful and uh I don't know. It create, creates a real vitality. It's it's a bigger deal than what you think, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I say the bridge is the bridge. Think about throughout your day um, between mind and body. Take a few of those conscious breaths, and you're you're bridging what seems like two. They're not really right, mm-hmm. but you feel like oh, I'm disconnected from my body all day. I'm doing my work. I'm in my head, and then you take those breaths, and you're present again. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. I've seen I've I've read a lot about that. I mean, it really centers you and creates a lot of interesting internal energy uh connections. In fact, the brain even starts to create new thought, I don't know what you neurons, I think. Yes. Yeah, it's yes. amazing. It really is. And another thing for your listeners to keep in mind that's a really simple thought is your spinal cord's an extension of your brain. So the spine moves in six ways. So people can envision, I could stand up and I could bend or I'm sitting, I could bend side to side, right? That's two ways. And then cat, cow, I can, um, you can imagine those two, right? Cat your back. Yeah. And then, you know, reach your shoulders back and then twists. So six, my spine bends in six ways. If I just do that in the middle of my day, I've connected to my brain, like you said, new neurons, new thought processes, something fresh. I put the statistic in there. It's awful. People think the same thoughts, like 90% of the same thoughts day in and day out. It's all old, stale thoughts. So people listening, your spine works in six ways. It's connected to your brain. Just doing that is going to be the yoga for you, just like that new awareness. Yeah, it's really cool because um, uh, Joe Dispenza had a um, had a special on the Gaia channel, and um, there was a lot of scientific, um, uh, I, I guess, investigation that that was presented during that. And it's really amazing to to scientifically watch the new neurons being created, the new thoughts being created in the mind. Whenever you just do correct breathing or practice the type of breathing you're talking about, the body and the energy within the body and the spirit as well, um, they are more amazing, I think, than we even allow them or give them credit for. Yeah, that sounds like people ought to be curious about what you just said. Like, that's exciting. It is, and I do think we have energy blockages, you know. And I'm not a doctor or anything, and I and uh, I'm I'm working on the on the uh, chakra thing. But I do think we have blockages that cause us a lot of problems. And our Western mindset is, and I don't have a problem with medicine, I, I at all. Um, so I'm not saying that or doctors, but right, I do right. think that sometimes it's like, okay, diagnosis, medication. Why, you know, I should be better. What's going on? without ever giving thought to the idea that maybe there's other things happening beyond just the physical body because they're all connected they're all the same right and it's and it's hidden from us because it's not physical it's not in the physical mm-hmm. it's in the mental and it's in the spiritual well uh so let's talk a little bit about the book here the um this is available on amazon Barnes and Noble and Abe Books. So they tell me anywhere, any online retailer. So other than those, I don't know where else, but Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Abe Books. 
Okay, and it's called Kamikaze Yogi. Uh, oh, we should have talked. Well, you got you have to get the book to to find out what a kamikaze is. It's way cooler than what you think. But we're <laughs> we're gonna leave that mystery there. All right. <laughs> so it's Kamikaze Yogi, Christ Yoga, and the Courage to Emerge uh, by Anita Grace Brown. Um, again, I, I I have to say this because. Um, my expectation of this level of this book was probably like a six or a seven, and it's it explodes way beyond a ten. I mean, this is an amazing, I would say, must-have book for those of you listening. It's what really, an endorsement! Thanks, Craig. Well, you know what? <laughs> it really is great, and I'm going to work through it um, in a very systematic way. Uh, yeah, you've you've done a great work here, and I I love it. You know, one of the things that remains important to me, and I'm I'm very derogatory about my faith, and I say a lot of nasty things about the church, and I feel those things. But mm-hmm. my relationship to Jesus, um, that's that's really uh, that's really important to me, and so yeah. I look for ways to expand that that um, are comfortable, and this book pushes the boundaries and it also secures them and i love it it's a it's a great book anita really fantastic that that is a um confirmation of the two things coming together that really that sounded awesome yeah so i want to thank you so much for a couple of things you know the 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 bravery and the boldness to write the book to walk the path that you uh have been walking and um being a person that has allowed yourself to be a teacher I, I want to thank you for that and I also want to thank you for your graciousness and your kindness and and coming on my podcast thank you so much this has been really fun thank you for having me and I just bless your journey and it's exciting I love hearing all that you're doing and I can't wait to hear what you're uncovering yeah God's good right Yes, and tomorrow's Easter, so thank you for this timing. This feels so amazing. It is, yeah, yeah, it is. Now, um, I'm connected with you on Instagram. Um, What other, is is that a good way to connect with you, and what other places can people find you? Yep, and on Facebook, um, either way, I'm pretty active, so you'll find me. And my old business when I was teaching a lot of yoga before pandemic was called Smiling Heart Yoga, so that's my Facebook page. But those are a lot of names for people to remember, so just remember my name, Anita Grace Brown. (laughs) Yeah, she's got a great, I'm really active on Instagram, and so... Uh, you have a great Instagram, and I, I really love following you on there as well. So I, oh, I would encourage you. everybody to do that. Awesome. So, Anita, what I'd like to do is, um, you know, um, go through your book really thoroughly, and then uh, maybe in a couple months have you back on and talk about some of those experiences. Would that be cool? That would be really fun. I'd love that. Awesome. Okay, so hang on the line for just a second. I want to talk to you for just a minute or two, um, but I'm going to close out the podcast, okay? Mm -hmm. Bye, everybody. All right, everybody. I will catch you on the other side of the uh, music and talk a little bit more about the book and Anita, so I'll catch you on the other side. Alright guys, man, I hope you really enjoyed the conversation. Uh, it really meant a lot to me. I, I really love this conversation. I love how Anita brings this East meets, uh, East meets West mentality to the conversation, which I really think is um, incredibly important. You know, for a long time I have melded the aspects of my faith Uh, with an Eastern view and a Western view because they're really quite different. And who's to say, really, uh, which one is more correct? I think it's probably a mix or a balance of both. And so I love how she integrates all of that into um, her, I guess, view 
or, or the lens with which she views life and God through. I, I really do. I think it's I think it's critically important. Now we talked a bit about she has a podcast uh, called It's Five O'clock Somewhere. I would highly encourage you to go through that. And I really can't tell you enough. This book, Kamikaze Yogi, this is a great book. You can find it on Amazon. And, um, you know, you'll, you'll read it really quick, but yet it will touch you really deeply. And if I, if I were to be completely honest, because of some of the evangelical, um, hmm, frustration, uh, I'll, dude, I'll say it, bitterness, right? Still within me towards that vein of um, God practice. I wasn't sure where I was going to fall with this book. And I'll say it, you know, I, I wasn't sure. But I can tell you this, I get a lot of invites from publishers and authors to be on the podcast. And a lot of them get turned down. I'm just not interested in some of the content. But with Anita, I just felt a real draw. And once I dove into the book, I really did love it. And so I want to encourage you to, to at least consider going and grabbing this book. Also, for those of you that are wondering how you would more deeply connect with Anita. So my deepest connection with Anita has been on Instagram. And I would encourage you to go find Anita Grace Brown, follow her, send her a message, tell her you, uh, you know, hey, I heard you on the Black Sheep Experience or whatever you want to say. And uh, yeah, it's a cool book, man. It's expansive. It's safe, dangerous, expansive there are boundaries and then there are unlimited possibilities all within the same book and so i really do love it uh once again hey guys thank you so much for hanging out man i uh i really do appreciate you being in this space all right i'll catch you next week done <laughs>